everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host, Matt, and I'm here with G, Dylan, and Vivek for this episode of the show. Keep talking about my squad, our personal ages, the way he plays, he stays injured, we're past our time in this league, etc., etc., etc. Do me one favor, please, and I mean please, keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag thank you, the king. Today is February 21st, 2022, and this is the 54th episode of the show. It was about 50 episodes ago, actually, the fourth episode ever of Sports Console, where me and our kind of host, Vivek, made this episode called LeBron's Loser Lakers back in, I want to say, 2019. And now we come 50 episodes later, three years later. And while things might have changed a little bit, things are relatively the same on this President's Day. So, first of all, how are you guys doing? Everything's good, man. You know, I mean, CP's going to be out six to eight weeks. It hurts, but, yeah. you know, he's on one seat. So, as Suns fan, as CP fan, I think, uh, you know, life's nice right now. It does suck days out, but I think we'll be okay. Yeah, that's good. I was about to say, um, I'm happy that Steph won uh, the Kobe Bryant MVP award during the All-Star game. And the king of winning oh. most having the best games the most meaningless time. Oh, no. uh-huh. oh my god. Okay. You're a CP3 <laughs> fan and you said this. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. At least CP doesn't go off when it doesn't matter. He just doesn't go off at all. Uh-huh. Okay. But I'm looking forward to James Wiseman coming back soon. Um, and I'm hoping for a healthy second half of the season. That's good. As a Warriors fan. Is Wiseman ever coming back? He will we'll come. Yeah, well, going to come back, and he's going to be better than ever. Yeah. He's, he's going to be better right than right Aiton. He's going to be I better than Aiton. Easily, man. Have a, yeah, he's I mean, a stud. Yeah. I mean, that's going to play for him to be a stud. You know, unlike the Lakers, you know, the Warriors actually have a present and a future. I don't mm. know if many teams can relate to that. Yeah. But, yeah, Matthew, ask for your question about how I'm doing. You know, I've been doing really, really well. My Golden State Warriors – are back at the top of the of the standings in the West, as well, not, we all expected. Not all the way at the top. Not all the way at the top. But not all the way at the top. Sort of the top. They're being on a little bit of a slide, you know. But you know, by by large, they're they're pretty much back where they belong, at the helm of the Western Conference, having being the title favorites, basically, a position that we all thought the Lakers should have been at. But you know, the truth exposes itself at. <laughs> at a certain point in time. And voila, we're here talking right now about LeBron, Sousa, Lakers. Whoever thought we'd make a part two of this? Besides me, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you and G were uh, on the Lakers' downfall from the start when we made our my Power Rankings episode a couple months ago. Now we're back mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah, I mean, we yeah. would never predicted a, this episode being a second, <laughs> but we did predict that they would be shit. Exactly. But... Once they were shit again, you knew that this episode was coming, honestly. Um, we've been planning this for months and you know, we had to do all this NFL content, but now that that's all out of the way and the NBA is back in the spotlight, you know, here we go again. So LeBron's yeah, we losing get to Lakers. focus on the things that matter the most. <laughs> exactly. LeBron's loser Lakers. LeBron's Boy, loser Lakers. We have a lot to cover here, huh? Yeah. I and wish this, yeah. I wish Gav was here. I think Enjoy. Gav Declined to join, obviously, because he's a Lakers fan. So, you know, that's... Yeah, Gav's just too scared, man. If Gav listens to this, just just know that, bro, he's just mad that I beat him in fantasy, and now he's mad that LeBron <laughs> can't lead the Lakers to another title, man. That's just what it is. He's too scared for me, bro. He doesn't, he doesn't want the smoke. That's all it is. Like LeBron, bro. LeBron don't want the smoke. Gav don't want the smoke. Let's start also, off with... Uh, oh, I want to add one yeah. more thing. Oh, for this yeah. special episode, too, I'm also wearing... My hard hat. Usually I go out wearing hats, but today for this podcast specifically, I'm wearing a hard construction hat right now. For all those bricks that Westbrook grows? Oh, hell yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know when I'm at Staple, or sorry, not Staple Center, it's called Crypto.com. Crypto.com, Arena. <laughs> yeah, that's another L started, for yeah. Lakers this season as well. So I'm, I'm, worried a brick, I'm just worried a brick might just fall out from the, from the ceiling of the arena. So. I need today. Might I'm just hit the backboard or something, you know. 
And so yeah, this uh, is why I'm wearing my helmet today. All right. Protect yourself. Unlike the Lakers right now, who are in an absolute free fall, honestly, ever since the season started, they made some big moves this offseason, you know, trading for Russell Westbrook. Um, well, we will spare you the details, but that's pretty much the most important one. They signed a bunch of old dudes, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, uh, Dwight Howard returns again. The Lakers um, signed all these people. So people started commenting on their age and whatnot, and LeBron tweeted out the exact same tweet that i mentioned in the intro to please keep that same energy throughout the season and here we are we're faithful to uh what the king demands he wanted us to keep that same energy we're here to keep that same energy we've had this energy for at least three or four years now and it's finally time because the lakers have lost not only have they lost their last three of their last four but they're currently 27 and 31 they are ninth um in the conference and if this was a regular playoff format, they would be out of the playoffs, but they're just going to be able to make the play-in level right now. They'll probably stay that way, um, all things considered, just because of the fact that everyone else is probably actively tanking at this point. But you never know. The play-in is not where you want to be when you were supposed to be the Western Conference uh, favorites, which is where I thought they would be. I put them as the second seed, uh, seed in my power rankings back then, and I thought they were going to make the finals this year. but it has all gone wrong, and there's a lot of factors to blame in that, but who wants to get it started? Who, what do you think is the biggest factor for the Lakers' failure this season? The GM. The GM? I'll be all your honor. It's the okay. GM. All right. It's always been the GM. That's the whole issue with the Lakers' construction. Where do I begin? When the Lakers, specifically Rob Polinka, offered to do the Buddy Hill trade. LeBron was the one that vetoed it. After the Lakers had a dearth of shooting, one of their biggest problems that plagued them last season, they needed a tertiary star, or not a star, but rather a high-value role player at the very least that could carry them through some games. And no, that does not include players like Contavis Caldwell-Pope or Kyle Kuzma, someone who can actually explode and hit threes, one of the most valuable skills in this league. And Buddy Hield was more than a capable shooter that could have fit that role for the Lakers. Instead, what the GM did is that he told Rob Polinka, no, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to do it, as Frank Sinatra once said in the same song, my way. And look what that got him. He chose to forego DeMar DeRozan. He tried to recruit Dame Lillard, which could have worked, but Dame not running away from the grind, unlike many other stars in this league, <clears throat> 2011 LeBron. Dame chose to stay in Portland, and here we go. He chose to pick Russell Westbrook, his third team in three years. After he flamed out with the Rockets, after he flamed out with the Wizards, LeBron, with this ego higher than ever, really thought, wow, maybe I alone can be the one that fixes Russell Westbrook. But alas, here we are, and his arrogance and his roster construction has been the sole culprit. And of course, you can't just put the blame on LeBron because he operates under a collective known as Clutch Sports Group. And at that helm of Clutch Sports Group is Rich Paul. And as we know, Rich Paul is basically a cult leader at this point. The ability for him to basically control. He's pretty rich. Yeah, it's in his name himself. Adele saw that as well. She saw something in him. Good for her. But beyond that, Rich Paul and LeBron are basically tampering with the league. And Adam Silver is just basically letting them run amok. And Rob Polinka basically said, hey, Clutch Sports, go ahead and run the Lakers. And I can't believe this level of tampering is even possible in the league. Such, such avert and such ostentatious displays of a player single-handedly controlling a franchise. But there's no one to blame really but him. I think everything starts and ends with him. It's being the sole culprit in this. I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's just a clear-cut answer as to why the Lakers are feeling. And, you know, LeBron said, keep that same energy. That's what I'm doing, you know? I'm keeping that same energy with LeBron right now. You basically made the bed that you're sleeping in, and so that's what we just got to do over here. I want to disagree there a little bit, you know, just in the case of, like, I'm not saying the Lakers are good. I am just want to shift the blame a little bit. I want to shift the blame to... uh Obviously, the best, the GOAT himself, Russell Westbrook, because 
not let alone does his play style not fit the team, let alone is his contract untradeable. And it's just, it's just it's so bad. He's just atrocious. He could be paying no money right now. And it's not that he's, he wouldn't be a good player or whatever. He's just horrible when he's out there. They'll have good games and then have to close the game out with Russell Westbrook, and he'll sell the game for them time after time. I watched it, you know, and it's just sad because they have like potential on this roster. It's not like his roster is pathetic. It's just, I feel like it just weighs them down so much from ever trying to be a successful team. Cause when you play with Russ on a team like this, like you have to play around him and he's supposed to be getting $45 million. That's like four players. <laughs> like literally like a half a starting lineup could have kept Caruso and KCP. You could have fucking kept a pick or two. Had a young guy, you know, all this other stuff that you don't even think about now, you know, exactly. let alone how much, you know, like negative is coming to the team because of him. Well, gee, I can agree insofar as that Russell Westbrook has not been playing very well. But at that point, after the past few years, how can you really blame Russell Westbrook for the product that he's been putting on the floor? I mean, we all know the guy's floor. We all know the guy's ceiling. It's hard to believe that someone on the wrong side past 30 is suddenly going to elevate his game in that sense and where he could be a legitimate well, player, a contributor. Well, your, your logic makes sense, right? But they didn't trade using that logic because otherwise we wouldn't be in this position. He's making almost 40 plus million dollars. So that's superstar, almost what all NBA level money. Like who's making that much money? You know, almost everybody that is, is all NBA. You know, the Stephs, the Chris Pauls, the LeBron, John you know, Wall. these stuff. Yeah. Okay. Or well, John was, Wall. <laughs> okay. And then I was going to get to that. Other, I said the only other person you could get was John Wall. And I would think, honestly, they should have done it because, A, he can't be just this bad. And if he is, he's been riding the bench. It's easier to sit John Wall than it is to sit Russell Westbrook. And that's been a problem with them. It's just that sometimes they feel like they're obligated for what they give up. They have to, you know play Russell Westbrook and let it run out. I think they should have traded him. I think they should have traded him for John Wall. And I think that he would have been an addition by subtraction. I think that Westbrook's been misused completely, though. Like, what we said back in when Westbrook was traded was that, um, at least what I said is that, you know, LeBron needed another kind of uh, ball handler. And like a point guard, basically. So he didn't have to play a point guard all the time. And that was the issue because they went from Rajon Rondo in the championship, the bubble championship year, to the um, to Dennis Schroeder, as we all know. And that didn't work out. And then they decided, okay, let's get Russell Westbrook, the former MVP. And let's have him handle the ball while LeBron sits. And then when uh, LeBron plays, he'll probably be the point guard. And then it reduces the stress. It reduces the kind of um, energy needed to be expended by the 37-year-old LeBron, right? So, but then they just completely, I feel like, didn't do that at all. And Frank Vogel is making these terrible rotations. And then the very fact that also LeBron's been out for a little bit, and, you know, we can get to that, but, you know, this team has been incredibly injury-prone, which is what happens with age, personally. So you can't really just say, oh, you know, this is not going to, this is going to change come the playoffs, except if you're Anthony Davis for some reason, because he continues to get hurt from time and time again, and he's not particularly old. But either way, I feel like, you know, Westbrook's been a complete and total massive failure for the franchise that he so lovingly has grown up with for so long. And it sucks that, you know, you want to be the hometown hero that you want to play for, but then Everyone literally is telling you, yelling at you not to shoot the ball at all. And that's got to suck. But at the same time, you got to put your ego aside and maybe ride the bench because you've heard some of the comments that he's been making, right? Oh, my back was hurt because, and I couldn't play today because, you know, when I get up off the bench, I get, um, like, I get cold and then I hurt my back and I strain my back. And then he plays the next game. He's not used to getting off the bench. (laughs) He really said that. He needs to like put some icy hot if his if his back hurts, man. Put some exactly. icy hot. Yeah, I mean, he can get that from Shaq too. I mean, he basically <laughs> shoots like Shaq on the free throw line anyway. So oh, what's another commonality with him gonna do? I've never heard of anybody saying his back hurts because you're on the bench. 
that LeBron was the king of being passive aggressive, but I think Russell Westbrook is really taking notes from LeBron in that sense. Yeah. And hey, you know, Petty does what Petty does because I think everybody on this team, honestly, LeBron has been taking back shots at the Lakers, I feel like. Especially, um, you know, he's been... It's been weird. He's been making some weird comments in the All-Star um, weekend, right? You guys have seen it. He said he continues to praise Kobe Altman, which is a great thing and all, but if you kind of read between the lines, you know, oh, he's just a phenomenal GM. He just knows what to do with this team. And then at the same time, you know, he now has decided to not discount a return to Cleveland. Again, he said, never say never. And he's talking about playing with his son, right? And he says, wherever I go, it doesn't matter what happens. If he's drafted, I'm going to go play with him. The fact that he's already thinking about playing with his son at this point, it just, I don't know what's going on right now. It just feels like he's already like checked out. I think he would have retired if it wasn't for his son. I think he, I think this would have been his last year, maybe even last year. I think he would have just retired if it wasn't for his son being so close to the NBA. I think it would be weird as Bronny, to be honest, like after four years in college or whenever he declares for the NBA draft and having your dad come play with you. I think, <laughs> I think that's kind of, if I was Bronny, I'll be kind of weirded out. Cause it's like, you want to no, be because it's so weird as shit. Like, because you're supposed to be like an impressionable 19 year old on your own team. You're making your own decisions. Right. It's like, like you're, you're finally independent, right? You have a job and you're doing this. It's like going to college with your dad as your roommate. That's yeah, exactly. basically the best, like the best, explanation i can see like cool it's good for lebron and you know it's it would be nice to see a father-son like you know thing on the court like oh you know lebron passes it to Bronny or whatnot and then you know it's good for like maybe a game or two but come on man like let your son have Bro. his own life and besides his son is also named the same way and yeah I lebron james Jr. Yeah, exactly that's and why he has while, to be Bronny. a while back yeah he LeBron even said it how he low-key regrets calling his son LeBron James Jr. with all that because with all that added pressure to to that name. And what's even worse is you see you see on YouTube with especially watching like Sierra Cannon, you see LeBron sitting on the sideline, like kind of like coaching his son at the same time. So imagine applying that environment or those roles into the NBA environment where if your dad's just sitting on the bench watching you play, he's not probably, he's probably going to disregard the main coach and have to listen to his dad the entire game. I'm pretty sure he's going to just, you know, fire whoever is coaching him. And then just like he did with Luke Walton. And then just like he did with David Blatt. And he almost tried to get Eric Spolster fired back in Miami. You know, it's just so been he, a pattern, you know, um, at the all-star like- game, he hugged um, Eric Spolstra. <laughs> so I, if you're mentioning about him trying to get fucked, uh, LeBron trying to almost got Eric fired. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. Everyone, I feel like he's criminally underrated Eric Spolstra. He got himself to another finals even without LeBron. Like, and without Wade, without Brosh, you know, that entire big three. And he was still yeah, able to make it. Eric Spolstra was rated in, I think, uh, one of the top 15 coaches ever. That's good. Yeah. yeah I think it's his due. I think just in a, like, a, like if someone's a top five coaches, you don't hear his name mentioned, you know? Yeah. I mean, Doc Rivers was in that top 15 for some reason. Docker was the most overrated coach of all time. <laughs> hey, Steve Kerr is in the top 15. Yeah. He's won multiple championships, though. Doc Rivers won once with the 20, what, 2008 Celtics? If, yeah. you take that, if you take that year as an anomaly, he's never done anything else in his career. I mean, he's blown a bunch of 3-1 leads. And played with a coach around like 10 stars now. Yeah. <laughs> The Lob City Clippers, the quiet Paul George Clippers, nothing. Nice. Now, that was TV3's fault why the Lob City Clippers failed. I know G agrees with that. <laughs> Doc Rivers is the main reason. <laughs> hey, man, GM you and I was... both know that that failed because Blake and CP3 and DeAndre Jordan, none of the players in the locker room got along. It's kind of similar to what's happening with the Lakers right now. Yes. You can sense locker room tensions. When we were talking about the John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade just now. And I was just looking this up to confirm, but it coincidentally happens too that John Wall is also represented by Clutch Sports. And if you recall, really, John Wall was traded for Russell Westbrook 
I believe, um, is part of that Wizards deal with the Rockets to offload that contract. And so what they wanted to do, they obviously being the conglomerate that is Clutch Sports Group, is that they tried to strong arm Rob Polinka into offloading Russell Westbrook for John Wall. And Rob Polinka himself rejected it. The one time he put his foot down and said, no, LeBron, I'm not going to be doing what you want this time. It's because I think that um, there's a very important part of that trade is that it's not just Russell Westbrook for John Wall. No one's going to do that, especially not Houston, because they literally just had him there. But it's the fact that you need to, they're going to offload a first round pick as well. So a 2027 first round pick. And basically you're cutting losses and you're giving them um, just a pick, you know, in the future so that they would take on this Russell Westbrook contract and allow uh, the Lakers to compete with John Wall. And Rob Palinka obviously said no, because first of all, it doesn't matter what you do with um, LeBron. If it works, then LeBron's going to get the credit. And if it fails, LeBron is going to blame the front office. That's what has happened every single time. Right. And, you know, why would he risk like i think the biggest thing is that why would you risk the future of this franchise the future that you hopefully will still have as a gm in order to you know kind of bail out this failure of a team which probably will not make it far in the playoffs to begin with especially with john wall who cares russell westbrook john wall won't matter lebron's gonna lose no matter what like this season is a complete disaster it is nowhere near where they want it to be. And I don't think John Wall is going to fix any of that. You know, they might be a little bit better than, you know, obviously kind of the shot chucking disappointment that is Russell Westbrook. But it is not going to be the end all be all to solve your problem. Certainly not enough to tank your franchise around because that's what LeBron does. Like he, he depletes the entire resources of your team in order to win games, right? In order to win now. He's done that ever since he left Cleveland the first time he goes to Miami completely he wins them titles of course but then he decimates their entire talent and roster and then he tries to make them kind of he says okay I'll stay if you you know draft Shabazz Napier for some reason or whatever the fuck that was and then he leaves anyway and then the Cleveland they have to bail him out consistently they have to trade all these players and then he wins them one one and then he bails them out and then he leaves and then Again, and then their entire franchise is destroyed for a couple of years, and they finally just made it out of uh, irrelevance. Now he's doing the exact same thing with the Lakers. You know, it's easier to win, you know, and just be a champion when you don't have to worry about a team's future, right? I don't ever recall, you know, Michael Jeffrey Jordan being able to just strong arm the front office to make them trade for whatever they want to try and get whatever talent they needed, right? Or what he felt like they needed in order to win. I mean, he also just did straight up retire on them. So, yeah, but you know, that's (laughs) like, (laughs) but it's not like he said, okay, I want you to trade all your picks right now. And then he just bailed that. Like, I feel like that was like, I mean, a lot of, there's been a lot of rumors of as to Jordan's retirement, but you know, I think the main one was his father dying. Right. So, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like a completely unexpected thing. Like LeBron, you know, when he's leaving, right. Like there's like a big circus around it. That's how it always happens. So, you know, it's just always been, you know, that LeBron's way, right? That's why I don't ever would ever consider him the greatest of all time because he does all these stunts, right, in order to win these games. And he doesn't even win, you know, sometimes. And he's always, it's always been a complete circus show. Winning always starts and ends with LeBron James, not anybody else. And he needs to shoulder the blame. When it's going good, it's great with LeBron James. But when things don't go his way, he's, he's going to be the first though. person. Individually, he is playing amazing. He is playing yeah. amazing. Individually, yeah. he's that's LeBron James. He's always going to be amazing on an individual level. That's his baseline, no matter what you say about him. It's not necessarily about what he does on the court at this point, because that's already been established. It's really about whether he's winning games consistently for his team. And to be, give him some good amount of slack, honestly, He's at the age where he can't carry a team night in and night out anymore. And I don't think this should have basically been his responsibility to play 
like a superstar number one option. If to be honest, you have to evaluate this season from him as whether he can be a complimentary player at his baseline, which he clearly can be. He's playing at an amazing level overall this season, despite him breaking free throws in clutch <laughs> situations and really not being that good on defense. That's just LeBron James, man. You got to accept that. But rather, beyond just him as a player, you got to look at him as a media communicator. You got to look at him as how he GMs the team, how he's able to facilitate relationships between people. He's completely failing at that. From a pure leadership perspective, not really just as a player, LeBron James is an absolute catastrophe on every single level. And I cannot think of a worse fair weather person when it comes to leadership management because this is LeBron James is doing and he isn't taking enough responsibility for this complete train wreck and catastrophe that is a 2021 to 2022 Lakers season. Yeah, and I'm not discounting LeBron's, you know, greatness on the court. I think he's just one of the best to ever do it. He's not the GOAT, though. And I feel like this is a big reason why, because his influence on teams isn't just extended to just being on the court. He controls, you know, almost the entire team and this, like they've given him this immense kind of player control and that's what you know apparently we want right now is the player freedom but i think he just takes it on this kind of insane level to the point where you know he's firing coaches he's you know coercing gms to do these things he's actively tampering with um his you know clutch sports agency which is held at the helm is you know his best friend rich paul it's just all very you know come on like it smells a lot like tampering when you are able to just have basically a sports agency you know with your best friend at the helm and then you're able to kind of just talk to all these people based off of that and if you know a player mysteriously signs for clutch sports everyone's saying oh he's going to the lakers but then it ends up being true somehow anthony davis signs with See, clutch sports davis, and goes exactly. to the lakers they have seeds everywhere they yeah seeds. you got we you have got, a seat at, at home in san francisco Draymond. <laughs> exactly. He's going to go to the Lakers. No. He's going to go but to like Alex Caruso, right? Alex Caruso and um, Montrez Harrell and KCP. I think KCP was a clutch sports, right? And it doesn't really matter at that point. He but, was a know, clutch sports. That's how he got that hefty extension that many people were criticizing and saying, oh, he only got the contract because he was a bronze boy. Yeah. Same with Tristan Thompson, too, if exactly. you remember that. And Caruso, and, like, but Caruso is the one where he wasn't signed with Clutch Sports, right? And then they basically chose uh, Taylor Horton Tucker over and, him, right? Why? Which agency was Taylor Horton yeah. Tucker signed with again? Um, I believe it is Clutch Sports. It wow. is Clutch Sports. Crazy. Surprise. Crazy. Mm. Yo, Taylor THC doing a really good job. Leasing yep, the he's definitely up to that money so far. Yo, yeah. three three years for thirty million dollars. That's pretty good. Yep, a guy who averaged playing, less than seventeen minutes a game showed this rift that. Am I right? Exactly. Yo, at this point, the Lakers should sign all four of us. We'll 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 ride the bench with you. We can't be signed exactly. by the Lakers if unless we, made it we into LeBron's inner circle. Yeah. you could get that money. Exactly. I just we can gotta, get one get year an for ten million. Just for, one million for ten. Or one year for ten million, we all sit on the bench, exactly, and be like Kent Bazemore cheering. You give everyone ten high fives, essentially. Kent exactly, Bazemore we just left be the one Warriors. of the latest people. Yeah. Oh yeah, thank Bazemore. you, Kent Bazemore, Bazemore for leaving. Bazemore left the Warriors it. because he wanted to go to a real contender. Yeah, thank you, Kent. Thank you, Kent. You're useless anyway. Yeah, thank you. You bricked. For you me. have this guy named GP two who does. <laughs> more, who should have your contract? That's way more for us. I think it was Otto Porter who was his uh, his replacement, and then we replaced Avery Bradley with uh, GP two. That's um, what it was. Yeah. And then Avery Bradley, guess where he is? Oh, Lakers. Because they funnily enough, stuff did want Avery Bradley. I know over GP two. Yeah. Just that goes That's to show you where player you where player decisions go, right? Also, guys, exactly. Something about with, with the Warriors, the agents, not the agents, but rather the front office has the final say. Because ultimately, it's not just the players that should have control over this league. Obviously, they should have a sizable portion. They are the mm-hmm. product and they are playing basketball after all. It would be nebulous or it would be disingenuous rather if the players didn't have a sizable say in how their team should be constructed. And I do acknowledge that. But that isn't to say that the players should have unfettered access over the control of an entire franchise. 
And there is just no checks and balances with the Lakers right now. What you see happening with LeBron is the equivalent of crony capitalism. He's literally setting up his friends and his inner circle to get as much money as possible. If you're in cahoots with LeBron James, then you're in position to earn a contract and get paid a sizable buck. But rather, it's not coming from a pure stance of merit, but rather if you're just friends and if you're going to cozy up to LeBron James and his legacy. And, and that's just frankly unfair. And that's just dishonest to the game of basketball itself. I mean, I've always respected LeBron as a player on the court. I, I do think that just in terms of player ability, he is better than Michael Jeffrey Jordan, as much as it pains for me to say that. Hogwash. But I I can't believe I'm saying that either. But I, I really do think that his ability to impact the court in terms of his pure income play, it, it's frankly unmatched. But when it comes to just LeBron and his off-the-court actions and activity, it's just disgusting and it's shameful to basketball itself. There's there's no there's no falling in line. There's no playing within the team. The team literally is LeBron James himself. And, and that type of arrogance and uh frankly, he doesn't really try to deny that or try to distribute credit to his team. He's always been someone that likes to self-aggrandize himself and promote himself rather shamelessly. And you see the consequences of that today. He, I, everyone talks about LeBron James all the time and, and for good reason because his product is literally himself and that's why he deserves so much of blame that's why I think when every team acquires LeBron James uh, they immediately accelerate their timeline because LeBron James puts so much of pressure on them but as you were saying before Matthew he just extracts every resource a team has they mortgage their future away and when he inevitably leaves them they just become a barren wasteland uh, that doesn't have as many assets and he often does that in an acrimonious fashion yeah but and you know i assume most franchises would be okay with it that's i'm personally saying like you know it's a shitty thing to do honestly but at the same time you know you'd probably be grateful if you championship right yeah that's the thing he gives you if he gives you a championship i feel like it justifies you know it's justified but in a way it is not, I don't think Cleveland you know, regrets it. Like I know yeah. it took almost what Cleveland when they win their championship, 2017, 2016. 2016. Yep. And it's been and then for they've been irrelevant for four years since then. And they slowly made their way back. I think they would they wouldn't trade it for anything. You take Miami, it took them almost what eight seven years since LeBron left after to make the finals again. Exactly. Eight years almost, right? So then you know, I don't think they would have traded it for the, you know, those two, three rings that they got. So I'm sure it's fine, but at the same time, I don't think that it feels deceptive in a way, honestly. Like LeBron it feels like exploitative, honestly. It, it in a sense, I get what you're saying, but then in a sense, you also have to look at it at it like a, in my opinion, a different angle. Like the resources are you I feel like your ultimate goal is to get the best basketball player. And if you have LeBron, you know, like he is the best basketball player. So your resources have to be like make you know work around him. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's just a it's, it's just, just so right self-serving now, though. It's just because... right now it's just so badly ran. It just doesn't make any sense to anybody. That's yeah. why it's like you're like, why are you? You're trying to make make a team around LeBron, right? And you're trying to use your resources like the way they did. And then why is the paper like the team on the paper so ass? You know, I think that's like more of the question. Is I think like, it's also the fact that you know you know he. Not all championships are built the same, right? And I think that. You know, if you're doing all this, you're draining. Like, it's not a like people are saying. You know, LeBron doesn't need six rings like Jordan to be the greatest of all time because he's already won three with three different franchises. No, that comes with being able to kind of drain all your team's resources in a couple of years and then win it all, right? Even in a bubble in Disney World, anyway, that nobody really considers, right? So it's just like, come on, man. It's not the same, and it's because LeBron's been able to be as selfish as he has because of you know he basically holds teams hostage in order to kind of say okay you got to trade everything you got to trade all these players, um, get me this coach do all of this and then when that happens it's gonna add to my legacy. No one's really gonna care about your team once I leave. Goodbye. Like, sure, you know I'm sure they wouldn't trade it for the world, but at the same time, it just feels I don't know just feels completely exploitative and 
I just don't. Yeah, at that point, he like, becomes right. mercenary for hire. You yeah. know, he says, "Give me a team. Give me the ability to control the team in the front office, and I'll just kind of act in an imperious way and basically be able to engineer my way into another championship by talking to a bunch of ring chasing veterans and getting a coach that has some experience in the league and." Voila, there's your combination. And I you mean, don't think it's Ron easier James, to like do all of this when you have complete control like this, right? It's like when you turn the salary cap off in, you know, exactly. your, like my, your league, right? In my league, right? So like, or my GM, right? It's like, okay, like I can do whatever I want basically. And then people are going to join me because I have my clutch sports agency to come and pick them up basically. Like, is that really fair? Is that really like, okay, did you really earn it? Right? It's not like Jordan, where he three-peated, went into retirement for two years, and then once he got out, he three-peated again, made like one of the, the best teams of all time, right? We're like the Warriors, where we grew all our stars. Yes, except for one. But... <laughs> but Why had to come? That one wanted to come over. Exactly. Like, I consider, you know, the, the KD Warriors to be a super team, as, you know, people should. And LeBron's teams um with the heat and i feel like the cavaliers and the lakers were all super teams and because he built those teams he built them and you know traded for stars that weren't initially there kevin love anthony davis he got chris bosh to join him and Dwayne wade in south beach so you know they're they're all super teams let's not say it and then like like with this squad right he's trying to get russell westbrook in and then people were comparing them are they a super team or are they not a super team right you got two mvps there and then you got a apparently allegedly a top seventy five uh, all time player in Anthony that's Davis. Some, there, yes, that, right? That's some BS. That's take him so out. Can, now that you mentioned him, kind of he's kind of been slipped the path, you know. I yeah. feel like this happens often with the Lakers. We always talk about them. We always forget about this unibrow guy. <laughs> yeah. I always want to feel like we should give him some blame here. Okay. Guy, I, I do too. Let's do that. I, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, he definitely like deserves it. Go through go through the entire roster. You gotta have accountability here, bro. If you're gonna be also a superstar, they gave up the. If you don't know what they gave up for Westbrook, right? They gave up even more for Anthony Davis, who was supposed to be not the third option, not the second option, who was supposed to be the number one person on that team. And he's just like, I feel like he. There's something that's off with this situation where, like, how can you not like keep your body in any type of shape to where it doesn't get hurt? You know, I understand there's big men that dealt the injuries before. But, you know, I've seen Joel, who's playing this year. I've seen Jokic, who's playing this year. And they've been perfectly fine. And, you know, they might not well, look like they're in better shape than Anthony Davis. Physically, you'd probably say Anthony Davis looks better than them. But, you know, look at, look at Joel. Like, look at the things he's been doing this year after, you know, all the injury history he's had. And Jokic is just fat and fucking slow. And, but he's a sloppy boy MVP. That's my sloppy boy MVP. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's available, you know? Like, that's got to, you know, there's got to be something wrong with Anthony Davis's, like, workout regime during the summer, just his, like, physical training that he does. There's there's something wrong. I mean, I think he just doesn't drink enough milk. (laughs) Yeah. He's not taking taking them vitamins. But I think uh, Davis, ever since he he left New Orleans, I think he – he really let the fame get to his mind because I remember during his last years at um, playing for the Pelicans, he kept complaining. I don't want to play the five because it doesn't feel right for me. I rather played the four. And when he came to the Lakers, he played for the four, but, and he still is right now currently. But what I'm wondering is where did all that production go? Yes. You can blame it on injuries, but you're so talented. You're, Anthony Davis is really talented. But how where it, it's like where did all that talent go? It's like each game where the Lakers needed him to step up, he never stepped up. For example, the Warriors game before um, All Star break, it was a very tight game. Oh, oh wait, that was the game where they actually they both played pretty well. Actually, I'll give him that. No, I don't think he played very well. Actually, I think it was more LeBron, right? I, yeah, I, he I, had like what nine points, right? Yeah. I, I remember. Let me see. Yeah. So I guess the Warriors game, as an example, like that was a game that you should have stepped up, and we were slumping pretty hard, and we didn't have Draymond either, and 
you they had a better um roster to height to beat us and i it kind of left me wondering it's like yo what's what's going on where's the new orleans anthony davis that i missed or where did you bring that talent where, where did all the talent go anthony davis actually had 17 points i believe um just looking at the stats but i do remember people were complaining about him 16 points actually the thing is if Anthony Davis, like you mentioned a great point, Dylan, with the refusal to play at the five. That's what gets me, right? Because, you know, why are you complaining about, like, you're trying to win right now. This isn't New Orleans, right? This is like, you're trying to win. You could obviously say, okay, Anthony Davis deserves to demand a trade out of New Orleans because they haven't built a winning situation around him. They tried. They had Drew Holiday. They traded for DeMarcus Cousins. Like, because Anthony Davis didn't want to play at the five, they brought in uh, all NBA center and cousins at the time. Like they tried, but let's say for the sake of argument that they didn't do enough for him to win. So then they trade him off to Los Angeles, right? If you're not at that point, you're playing with LeBron James, right? The guy who wins championships and, you know, he demanded you to be here, which means you need to step up. You need to help him win championships. And you're still going to complain about being at the four versus at the five, right? I get it, right? There's a lot of wear and tear on your body. But look, you're already getting hurt. You're already like, you're already having massive wear and tear on your body and you're still playing at the four. So that can't just be it. When the team needs you to win, like they think that if they put you in the right spot and then they win championships with you there, right? You got to do it. If you're really committed to winning like that. Draymond has basically sacrificed his entire body to the point where he has not played in a couple months, probably because of his back issues, probably because he's had to like defend centers like Gobert and Anthony Davis and whatnot and Jokic, right? And they're like a foot taller than him. Doesn't matter, right? He does it and he does it day in, day out. He did it for like five seasons with the KD Warriors and whatnot. And he's willing to step up. Yeah, because he needed to step up. He needed to be that guy, right? Clay Thompson took a backseat to Kevin Durant when he became um, like the guy, basically, for the Warriors, the second option. Steph Curry actually became the second option because he got to take a step back when KD, like, so in order to keep KD happy, right? Everyone sacrifices. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. That's you can't what gets be me. self-complacent. You can't be self-centered. You can't believe that your needs are above that of the team's. It's a team sport at the end of the day. Everyone has to play for each other. You know, everyone has to take a role that is aligned with the goal of winning collectively. And Anthony Davis, I agree um, within the sense that uh, I agreed that about the complaints that he echoed and because it it is a a huge word and terror playing at the five position. I, I do understand that. But at a certain point, if you, you're, playing best at the five Anthony Davis at this point has been playing a lot at the perimeter this season um if you guys have seen observed his game film over a longer period of time and that's largely because of Russell Westbrook's inability to create space for the floor Anthony Davis has to space out in order to give Russell Westbrook that ability to try to drive inside otherwise the paint gets clogged up too much and he is missing a lot of outside shots this season. They just aren't going in. He shot very, very hot in the bubble and throughout that entire 2019-2020 season. I wonder why. I, I do give him that. But that's looking more and more like an anomaly considering the production that he's put up in the perimeter uh, since then. And frankly, he was doing pretty good uh, out doing outside shooting in New Orleans. But, you know, ever since his first season with the Lakers, it's it's not been too good for him outside the paint. So at that point, you really have to consider if AD has been very, very good at playing minutes in the five in the past, and you know your starting centers, that rotation is not working out, then you might as well just put AD at the five. And I think that it's it's high and high and dry that like he should be taking that position where he plays more minutes there because this Russell Westbrook experiment just is not working out, and it's affecting Anthony Davis's game. I know that. We all think that AD has all the talent in the world. I mean, he is a he is a very very talented player, and he's one of the most skilled bigs in the league. But he 
it's just having problems right now. And I think it just comes down to him needing a switch up and how he's being played right now by Frank Vogel and how those rotations are working. Yeah, I can't blame it all on AD. Maybe the fact is that, you know, Frank Vogel is not doing a good enough job managing his minutes at the same time. he And it all goes back to Russell Westbrook, which again, you know, you'd think that someone like LeBron would consider the fact that all of these factors and all of the negatives and downsides that could come with it just on the court in general, like how are you going to fit, right? It's just, it's very odd to see, you know, kind of a move like this fail in such spectacular fashion, uh, fashion. like you'd assume that, you know, a trio of superstars like Davis, Westbrook, and LeBron would be able to figure it out. But um, there's no indication that that has happened so far. And it's just been a lot of infighting. It's been a lot of, you know, kind of beefing, I guess. Fingers being pointed at each other instead of collectively looking at what's the issue yeah. and how they can get over that hump. And you feel because like this would be... Like, everyone thought yeah. this would be a championship team, right? I remember when that Westbrook trade was made, all of social media, this is an empirical slash anecdotal example, but every Lakers fan I knew was saying it's over for the Lakers. They got their third guy. And with LeBron and AD back at full health, this is going to be a team that easily makes a championship. And it doesn't really matter if they're old because they have guys with experience. Well, you also got to consider that the way that the, that the league has evolved now is one factor. You have to consider that fit is a very important factor too. Because when it comes back to the Warriors once again, and I think that the Warriors are a very popular example by everyone in the league because they really exemplify this. They have great individual players on their own, right? They have Steph Curry. They have uh, they have Clay Thompson. They have Draymond. But we kind of all saw that kind of by themselves, they aren't at their fullest potential until they're all together. And when they play off each other, that's when all of the talents that they all bring are collectively intertwined. And we see the best basketball that's formed because a team is bigger and it's greater than the sum of its parts, of course. And with this team, you don't necessarily see the chemistry between LeBron and Russell Westbrook. And there were questions and murmurs that they are largely redundant. And my thought process going into this whole Russell Westbrook trade was, okay, it took a swing. You know, Russell Westbrook is a proven innings leader. He can take and shoulder the load during the regular season. When it comes playoff time, to hell with that. Who knows what's going to be Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, right? Because we all know, we know what Russell Westbrook is. We know what he is in the playoffs. But okay, it's load management, right? He can shoulder some of the load off LeBron and AD because LeBron's old. AD is AD. And AD he probably spends a, <laughs> he spends a lot of time in the, in the injury room. Um, so, you know, Russell Westbrook being that inning feeder, that Iron Man, he could kind of spell some minutes. But He's been, by and large, uh, at least on the floor, right, the biggest culprit as to why the Lakers are not playing a style conducive to winning basketball. And I think that we'd be remiss to disagree with that point at the very least. I mean, he's an innings eater. Yeah, for sure. You know, he eats all those minutes up and he gives you little to minimal production. So that's great. Yeah, if he was an innings eater this season, he'd probably be leading the, the MLB in blown saves, giving out the most home runs in the ninth inning. That's how bad he's been, man. It's a, it's truly tragic. It's a plane wreck. Every single every single word in the book that describes a catastrophe, just throw it at Russell Westbrook. It's It's been a downright, no good, horrible, awful, terrible season for him. And I think it's been getting to his head, frankly. Not to psychoanalyze or anything, but when players, like we were talking about before, not players, but rather the fans are audibly booing or telling him not to shoot, when his act of shooting a three has become a, a, skeptic, has become a spectacle in Crypto.com Arena, that's no. how you know it's, it's not going good at all for you. I think at the same time, we can't blame it all on all of them, but we can't, we can't analyze every single Laker. I just want to say, you know, the whole roster construction has been pretty putrid. Um, and From then top all, down, it's yeah, not been very They're good. all old, and but they're also very not good, like, defensively. 
at the same time. Yeah. And that's probably Trump what's Mellow leading. They would have been good in 2010. Yeah. In 2010. Yes, yeah, so when you got well, that'd be Carmelo, easy league fam- Trevor like Reza. Six years ago. Can't believe Trevor Reza is playing. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. We're going to move on from that. And we're just going to look to the future of what the Lakers are, at least short term. Is there really any hope for the Lakers this season? I think they're guaranteed to play in the spot for this year. I don't know really that they can really do with that. I mean, if they get in the playoffs, they'll get swept by the Warriors or the Suns. So... Hey, LeBron loves the play-ins. He he, he he really sponsored the play-ins. He really should love the play-ins right now because yeah. that's the only way he's making it at this point. But, yeah, I think that's probably the same, honestly. I don't think he's going to get swept. I feel like LeBron's too prideful for that. He'll pro- he only gets swept in the finals. So He won't get swept. He'll get a gentleman sweep. Yeah. He'll get a gentleman sweep from some team. But then again, LeBron's never lost in the first round until uh, – Last, Last year. year. Yeah. So you never know. Okay, but what about the long-term future for LA? I believe last time me and Vivek predicted this in the first LeBron's losing Lakers, and uh, they said they would never win a championship. And, Unless uh, they got an all-star. Okay, okay. But either way, maybe Lakers fans will be happy if we predict something. And they got AD. Poorly. They weren't going to win with that roster in 2018-2019. Uh, that was terrible, but they got someone else to pair them with, and that happened to be AD. And then they were the best team before the shutdown. I, I have to give them that. They were playing very good basketball. And just briefly going back to the Lakers' problems this season, just one brief point. Frank Vogel's ability to turn that team into a great defensive team was astounding. He got LeBron to buy into defense. AD was a legitimate defensive player of the year. Uh, he was in that conversation for sure. He was playing out of his mind and he got Caruso. He got the ability to be versatile with the defensive lineups and play all those schemes. You know, the way that they, they adjusted defensively throughout the bubble playoffs was impressive too. I mean, heck, they were the ones that doubled Harden off Westbrook and LeBron still chose Westbrook <laughs> after basically exposing him completely during that, that series. So that's what made yeah, him that, that's definitely something to consider as well yeah well okay so what does the future look like for the lakers are they gonna be title contenders anytime soon or is russell westbrook gonna be eventually removed um is lebron gonna leave maybe in the next couple of years once this all pans out i think he's probably gonna move considering what all those like backhanded comments he said about i mean during the all-star the all-star weekend Mm-hmm. And the fact that um, the Lakers currently they don't have a lot of draft picks in hand. I, I think why. for sure. Yeah, I wonder why too. And we also need to account for how THT suck, suck or fleece the Lakers so bad with that stupid ass contract. And I don't really see a lot of bright spots for the Lakers in the future. I think they might have to go uh, be a lame team for a few years, then they'll be able to come back. Because if you look at this roster, it's like, who really stands out? I mean, other than LeBron and AD, you have what we all talk about this entire podcast with uh, Mr. Westbrook uh, not playing like how he used to be. And I'm kind of glad he's getting exposed now because Emmer, even though he's still here <laughs> triple doubles, uh, I thought all those triple doubles are fake because it didn't amount to anything. Um, but other than Russell Westbrook, I mean – you have Carmelo Anthony, right? He's at the twilight of his career. All he does is just stand at the three-point line and, and just shoots it, right? But he doesn't offer anything else. Then you look at, like, Wayne Ellington. I mean, that's okay. But Stanley Johnson, I'll be surprised. He's actually a pretty good pick. Dude, Wayne Ellington's old. They're not going to keep him once LeBron's gone. Sure. No way. I think it's but, uh, maybe Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn. But, you know, Kendrick Nunn, I don't think we've seen him in a while. Then Malik Monk. Malik Monk's deal. too rich for the Lakers after this season. I mean, he's yeah. been just Lakers' second best player for large stretches of the season. I mean, he's been a little bit inconsistent, but I really liked that signing when it was done, and he's been very good for them. I I I tip my hat to Malik Monk, and Kendrick Nunn's also been kind of out this whole season. But I mean, Kendrick Nunn shouldn't be that much of a needle mover to the point where we consider his absence a significant detriment to the Lakers 
to the point where it precludes them winning a title. So there's that. I'll I'll give my uh I'll give my flowers to Austin Reeves though. He kind of low key balling. Oh yeah, he's he's been very impressive as a rookie. AR fifteen. Yeah, great nickname. AR- sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what LeBron called him. AR fifteen. <laughs> no love for THT. I love THT. I love him for fleecing the Lakers. Let's go. I made a reverse layup. Because I remember he was shooting. I remember watching one game for the Lakers, and he was shooting. It was he didn't miss. He I think he was like zero for ten or something like that. That happens quite often for him, actually. They let Kelgen Blevins, Damian Lillard's cousin, and you know Blazers fans routinely nickname him Mister Nepotism, right? And Big Nepo, yep. Yeah, Big Nepo. Oh, there we go. There we go. His career high, I think, in the G League was six. And then they let him score back-to-back threes on them in like 15 seconds. And, you know, that's the state of the Lakers right now. They lost to the tanking, anti-tanking maybe, Blazers. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. Um, I don't think the Lakers are going to win another championship, I'd say, with LeBron's in LeBron's tenure at this point. Because I think he's just really like you could salvage some parts of this roster back in 2019. I'd say like you had the, you know, assets to trade, right? You got, you traded away Lonzo, Brandon Ingram. Like I'm Gav hates LeBron and he didn't like LeBron when he basically, he knew what was going to happen. He was going to trade all of the young guys that, you know, Lakers fans have been waiting for years to start panning out and stuff like that. They were rebuilding for a decade and then LeBron comes in, trades them all away. Right. I don't think they had the assets this time to do that. And now they suck even without those assets. It's going to take a little bit just to even move Westbrook at this point. And by that, you pretty much have no assets left once you get rid of Westbrook. So, you know, you're going to have to rebuild this entire roster around what now a 38 year old LeBron and, you know, 29 year old Anthony Davis who continues to like decline or disappoint. Yeah. So, you know, it just doesn't seem like. There's a very bright future ahead. LeBron probably already knows it. He's probably packed his bags mentally. And, you know, he's probably going to move on soon. I think he has one last year left in his contract. Um, It's going to feel like a lame duck season, I want to say. We'll see what happens because I don't know. Maybe he's got another great move in him. But I don't think that this Lakers tenure is going to last very long, honestly. Doesn't he have a player option, though? Isn't that how LeBron always makes a contract? Yeah, probably, but I feel like they would be talking about it more if you know it was gonna happen this year, right? I think it's a two four year deal, right? And then now it's like there's two years left, right? Because his second season, no, actually, this is like his uh third or fourth season. Yeah, this is his fourth season. But right now it says that he has a two year deal. Uh he's an un, he's a free agent in twenty twenty three. So no player option. I don't know. I highly doubt that the Lakers can retool the roster to the point where they can be competitive with the fresh look. They will just have to run it back with the same players or get someone from the buyout market to kind of add value to them again. But I'm really not sure if that's going to necessarily pan out and they'll get somebody that's worth bringing home or you know just talking about really. You know, the Lakers roster as it stands... I mean, LeBron in, in his conglomerate at Clutch Sports can probably pull some magic and get something, get something salvageable out of this mess. I mean, they've they've done some, they've pulled some miracles with worse. I'll tell you that, um, especially around that 2018 trade deadline uh, when LeBron basically was able to ship. Yeah, out when the he whole trades team. off his entire team, <laughs> does anyone like talk about this? Like, I don't know. Man, it just feels like LeBron sometimes sees his teammates as like assets, not really as like players with careers and lives, right? Imagine having to move like, you know, miles and miles away. Like you just got here and then they trade your ass to Utah or something like they did with Jay Crowder. It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> that happened. Exactly. That turned like, out. LeBron James is a nominal player, quote unquote, in this league. But rather, you can more accurately call him a kingpin or rather the kingpin. Because what he's done with clutch sports is that 
He's basically founded an agency that's able to control. I mean, the, the good thing, I guess, is that it theoretically enables player empowerment because some players who, frankly, aren't necessarily deserving of these hefty contracts are, are really getting paid. And, like, and I guess props to them, you know, you weren't in the NBA forever. You got to make your coin when you got to. And, and I respect the hustle from, you know, one working person to another. But at the same time, you have to consider these are just offshoots and pawns that LeBron is essentially controlling because he is the one that's founded this agency. He is ultimately the person that has some backroom deals, we can assume. There is definitely some instance of chronic capitalism that's occurring with Rich Paul. And, and frankly, I, I think Adam Silver should have overstepped and denied his tampering a long time ago and he should have recused himself from clutch sports but his ability to go unchecked for this long it's just completely astounding to me but yeah going back to the lakers and what they're able to do i think that they're, they're able to piece together something i mean clutch sports knows what's up they were the ones that tried to initiate and were very adamant on trading westbrook for john wall so at this point, it's it's kind of like you just throw things at the wall and see what sticks. So that, that's just basically their strategy. So I, I expect another round of that, one more iteration, and whatever happens, happens. But I agree with you guys in saying that after next season, I don't know if LeBron's going to stay. I think Westbrook's still in the books. So Oh, Russ, yeah, Westbrook's on the books, baby. Yeah, he's still in the books, so they're they're stuck with him for. A, I think a he's while. making forty seven next year. Yeah, because he's got a player option. He's got the player option. <laughs> you think he opts in? Accept it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a uh, mess, man. Well, okay, I think that's all that we have, at least for you know one hour of Lakers ranting. Um, any final thoughts, guys? I've another thought but it's kind of related to the lakers um okay. oh what is it is that okay oh yeah. so for i know i love steph i love what he did for the war for the warriors the past 10 years but that thing that stupid thing or his stupid ass show called about last night yeah that was cringe. no dude. that was cringe <laughs> as hell during all-star mean? weekend i like that's it. it's really sweet man. That's really some sweet yeah, and fun. No, hell, I don't want to know about Draymond's love life. I don't care. He's not Draymond. I, <laughs> do you, I don't want to watch that damn show. Hell no. They need to dump that show off HBO. Excuse I'm sorry. you, man. That's the, that's the only L that Steph took during hey, the All-Star man. Weekend. When that when that sponsorship money from, you know, Aisha and Steph come in, yeah, we can't have you on the show anymore. Because <laughs> you're going to be talking about, I don't, about last night. Hey, yo, I, don't, I might have to be with Dylan here. Okay. Like this might be the only time where shut up and dribble is an acceptable slogan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, there t-shirts. was nothing redeemable about that. That was that was hot garbage. What do you man. mean, man? I wa- always wanted to know which one was more like Charles Barkley. <laughs> Yo, hey, hey, you wanted that T-shirt from that from that Warriors game we went to? Bro, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy an about last night T-shirt. And I'm gonna wear it for the next podcast that we're gonna. Do. <laughs> Yo, thank God we didn't sit at that row oh, at Kaysen. I was so mad I didn't get a T-shirt. I don't uh, want. Yeah, I don't want to promote <laughs> about last night. Hell no. Too bad. But yeah, Steph. Steph, just end with one season, then leave. Then leave it. Now, nah, Steph, I say get your bag. LeBron made Space Jam too on HBO Max. You can. Do this. You can make your own terrible. <laughs> yeah, you could do your own That's terrible fine. production. I guess I mean, it's a lot of passage for NBA players now. Yeah. Yes, I haven't read Thunderstruck. Oh no, but Thunderstruck was great. Shaq, Shaq made Kazam. Kazam was, was great called. too. Let's go. I always <laughs> love it. I love it when uh, players come to act. A KG uncut gems. That's like the only good. Okay, that was actually good though. Yeah, that was that, that was the only good, good. Uh, sports movie, or. Or a movie that had a um a, NBA a basketball player. player. What do you mean? LeBron had train wreck. Go. Okay. No. No. <laughs> I remember, no. Yeah, but train wreck had Amy Schumer, so I guess it balances out. Yeah. LeBron was good in train wreck, though. I'll I'll have to give him that. Maybe that's why he moved to LA after all. Yes. Well, we're gonna end it on that extreme non sequitur. Uh, be sure to follow us on 
our Spotify, our iTunes, our Amazon Music. You can listen to any of that there. We also now are a part of, um, we also have this podcast on Stitcher, which is a media platform that- Wait, when? um, Wait, when did that happen? It happened actually a couple of days ago. So yeah, we're also now on there and you can listen to us there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Big Council. Stay up to date on the latest and greatest of our takes. Lakers fans, Gav, hang in there. Wow, we know oh, jump a lot ship. Of, you know mean stuff, but the it's good thing true. about us is that you know we're typically, let's say, a little off base when it comes to these predictions. None of us are experts, but we talk like them. Either way, that's gonna do it. Thank you so much for listening.